Welcome back to Beyond Well. I'm Sheila Hamilton, and this is a program for people who want to learn more about our interior lives. We were so, so thrilled to welcome Kathleen Birkins to our oh. guest panelist. Kathleen is both a registered nurse and she's a holistic health coach who specializes in wellness, spirituality. And one of the things that we both committed to talking about was the gut brain access. Yes. There has been so much information about how <laughs> what we eat affects our mental health. I can't believe I waited this long to have this conversation. Hi, Kathleen. Hi, so nice. So nice, Jill. I'm happy it's to be here. It's great to see you. <laughs> Kathleen, I wrote a book probably uh, 10 years ago, and there was just so little evidence at that point that there was actually any connection between the microbiome and how we process information. But that has changed, hasn't it? There's a lot more evidence today. It's so crazy because when we were young, we would have mental issues, right? And we only thought that they came from all the bad things that happened to us. So we thought, oh, I'm depressed because I'm in a divorce. And, and of course, we know that disappointments and emotional factors do influence our brain. However, we had no idea really until maybe 10 years that this gut brain access was so powerful. You asked me, are there studies? Yes. Many preclinical clinical studies have been done on this access. And we are finding the gut and the brain, it's a circuitry yeah. and they're constantly connecting and communicating with each other. And when one is not well, the other's not well. But what we didn't realize is that the gut, the yeah. gut is the doorway to mental health. And this circuitry affects us in three ways. I'm going to go over them. One is the nervous system, mm -hmm. the endocrine system, and the immune system. So imagine there are more like gut bacteria in the, in the whole body than there are cells. Mm -hmm. That's amazing, isn't it? Oh, so incredible. Uh, there's supposed to be in the gut a harmony and more good bacteria than bad. And the, the good are always keeping the bad in check. And the good are sort of eating our food. They're helping us digest our food, imagine. So when this ratio, because we eat bad, uh, the pesticides in the food, all the food processing, everything that we're doing is causing this ratio of bacteria to go out of balance. And now we have more bad bacteria. And the minute you get more bad bacteria in the gut, we start to have problems in the brain. And Isn't you hear it first, Kathleen, was people talking about my joints ache, I'm foggy yeah. in the brain, I yeah. feel so slow, I'm constipated. And it's the first sign that your gut is off. And people are yes. thinking, well, it's in my head. And you're like, well, what about your gut? Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. No, because what came first, right? It's like the chicken or the egg. Well, we know now that you get depressed because of the lack of good bacteria, because the good bacteria, they secrete the neurotransmitters, it turns out, the yeah. two main ones, serotonin, dopamine, and also GABA, more than the main two. Serotonin and dopamine are responsible for all thought processes in our brain. Right. So yeah. imagine that suddenly you've been eating bad and then you get a, an infection in your gut and then we have all these emotions we haven't processed and then suddenly we are depressed. Then you stop exercising, then you yeah. stop hydrating, then you stop fixing yourself anything green to eat ever because yeah. it actually feels healthy. Then on top of that, you start eating processed food. 
So let's talk about what happens with processed food, because I just saw this New York Times article that came out, that there is so much correlation between people who have depression and the amount of processed food that they eat. This is going back to the gut bacteria. We need this variety of bacteria, not only that the good bacteria are, are more, but we need a variety. The more variety of good bacteria we have, the healthier our brain is, the healthier our hormonal system is, the healthier our immune system is. It's a lot to discuss, right? All these systems, but yeah. every system is working together. So if you have all these varieties of bacteria and you don't get that from processed food, when you eat processed food, there's no bacteria in them, none. It has nothing alive in it. So when we eat a lot of that, then we're going to make this ratio different in the in the gut and we're not going to have enough variety. And then we're not going to have enough neurotransmitters to help us think. So what it is about a thought, imagine that your brain should conduct quickly to have a thought. Mm-hmm. Your neurons should be able to transmit an electrical current very fast across the synapse for you to think a thought like I am Kathleen or I am yeah. Sheila. Yeah. If you have not enough of these neurotransmitters and other vital macronutrients, which you're not getting when you eat processed food, then guess what happens? Your brain goes, I am. Yeah, it's so slow and that's depression. On the other hand, people with anxiety tend to have kind of an excitability. If you talk to people, they almost always say they had gut problems as a kid. diarrhea, bloating, like that it's almost too fast, too acidic, right? The anxiety comes from these panic attacks. And that's sort of a, it's a long um, chemical problem in the brain, but it's all related to the slow brain. The anxiety is like bursts of panic and and you're not in balance. Your brain's not in balance. When you're in balance, When your brain's working as it should and you have enough neurotransmitters, you feel great, right? You feel good. Well, if you start taking a lot of drugs, this is going to affect your brains. It's like sugar does the same to us. It acts like cocaine on the brain. But let's say we take morphine or we take other drugs. Yeah. Like cocaine, for instance. It makes us stimulate, overstimulate. Well, what happens is it puts the brain out of balance. You get this stimulation. So you're like really high. And then there's a really low. So you get uh-huh. depressed. And then we didn't even mention one of the big culprits is alcohol, right? Yeah. So the amount of alcohol use is crazy. That affects our bacteria. Right. So if we're drinking a lot of alcohol, it's just sugar. It has no good bacteria. It has nothing alive in it. It's toxic. And so it also I'm- doesn't process too well through your liver, right? So because no. if everything's moving too slowly. Wow. That's so interesting. When, when people struggle with depression, what specifically do you look for as clues to what their diet, their daily habits may be? Yeah, we always say when people are depressed to see a doctor, first of all, and I really like a functional medicine doctors because they're more holistic yeah. and they can uh, see which bacteria you're missing and recommend certain probiotics, for instance. If you just start taking probiotics, you can. It's more of a Russian roulette. But if you really have depression, you should get this checked by a functional medicine doctor. 
I, that's the first thing. And then I think as far as foods you were asking, so the food is really important because of a lot of reasons. So we talked about processed food and one of the big problems right now is the modern grain. The modern grain was hybridized after World War II. They genetically altered the gluten part of the wheat because wheat is a staple. We should be able to eat it. So this was altered. And because it was altered, most people, I would say, don't recognize this modern grain and it causes inflammation. And if you get enough inflammation in the gut, you have an issue with the food not processing well, not digesting. People can have irritable bowel syndrome, which is a condition where they get like pain when they eat, eating this bad grain. The modern grain is definitely an issue. It's causing a condition called leaky gut and it's causing this inflammation. What happens is when you have leaky gut, your cilia in the, in the actual lining of the gut, which is semi-permeable, starts to separate and it makes holes. And then we eat and we need that gut to protect us. Mm-hmm. It starts to not be able to protect us. Mm-hmm. And things get in across that gut that cause trouble, including yeah. this gluten. So the big thing is about the gluten is it can cause what we, and Dr. Perlmutter, I don't know if you've read his book, Brain Brain, but it's amazing. But no. this is an incredible book because he talks about the effect of this gluten on the brain exactly. And he says, if you have inflammation in your gut, you get inflammation in the brain from this gluten. He calls it lighting a fire wow. in the brain. So, so much inflammation. So this is the foggy brain you were talking about. I think most people, if they're aware of their depression, where they first go is to antidepressants. A psychiatrist might say, you had this trauma combined with this, so you do talk therapy in this. You don't actually get in most modern medicine a referral to a functional medicine doctor who looks at your diet. So what happens when we add on in the gut the SSRIs Is that a negative thing when you begin to take antidepressants on top of not fixing the gut or does it put a Band-Aid on it for a while? This is how I feel about it. If people are really, really mentally not okay, they need to see a psychiatrist and sometimes they should go on these antidepressants really because they're, they're not able to get out of it. I can say that I personally have experiences from a burnout and a postpartum depression I just don't like to take medicine. It's just me. So I hardly, I have not, I'm 62. I've never taken medicine except for when I actually had to. And I went to a psychiatrist and he was so wonderful because I was having just panic attacks. I was not really having depression, but it was postpartum depression. I was having these panic kind of feelings. And he explained that it's really chemical. He didn't explain the gut at that time. But I, at the same time, I went to an Ayurvedic doctor and she felt my pulse. This is so amazing. And she said to me, her name is Dr. Lonsdorf, Nancy Lonsdorf. He's written a book called A Woman's Best Medicine. She's Mm -hmm. phenomenal. But at the time, she felt my pulse and said, oh, you're, you have what they call vata disturbance. So she said, I had taken a little bit of the antidepressants. for. I gave myself three months. And at the same time, I learned meditation. I learned how, yeah, I, I learned how to do the right exercise for me. I was doing all this aerobic exercise mm-hmm. that was putting a lot of stress on my body. And yeah. so I started doing yoga and Pilates and and believe it or not, ballet, because I loved it. But the meditation alone was so powerful. And then I started eating differently because she told me what would help reduce the vata. Because the vata disturbance means you have 
had a lot of stress and you have a lot of air in your system and it affects your whole body. So I started to do everything she said and I was off that those antidepressants so fast. But the thing is, I noticed that even being on them for a couple months, my gut got worse. Yeah. Yeah. You do have a lot of people. And I think gastrointestinal side effects are the biggest complaint that most people have. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got to try to come up with some way of supporting your gut, even if you are going on your antidepressants, right? Eat, like maybe reduce the modern grain then and eat, like eat proteins with vegetables that are not biological and then eat the good grains, which are called the ancient grains with vegetables. Don't put them together. Don't put your starches and your protein together because it makes the gut work harder. And so some of those ancient grains, first of all, the ancient grains have not been modified. Yeah. So our body recognizes them. They are more, I don't know if you've heard some of these, our amaranth, buckwheat, have you ever heard of that one? Millet, teff, quinoa, and sorghum. But you know, quinoa is is good, but it also now is being used so much, it's also being altered. The more you, but it's those are the gluten-free and then the regular, and then you have not gluten-free, but ancient kamut and acorn and emmer and barley and oats really amazing so those i can really advise that and eat as much organic as you can yeah that's a really good beginning i want to try to get also just a clear sense of what you advise people to do about red meat and dairy because it feels like the guidance around red meat and dairy just change every single month like no red meat it's horrible for your system and then i hear psychiatrists say are you kidding me you absolutely need some red meat for your brain function so i want to know where you stand on that debate what i believe is that people have to find out on their own that's how unique we are we all have unique dna We all have our own unique um, microbiome, by the way. So because we're so different, I think through frequency, we can find out what are the best foods for us. And so I don't advise. I think people need to determine this themselves. Now, that being said, red meat has some issues with it. That doesn't mean you should never eat red meat. I'm not saying that because... I'm an O positive and I sometimes eat red meat. I eat less now, but some people need it, you know, and I'm not going to lie. I, I have talked to many people who were vegetarians and sometimes it's perfect. It's like the perfect diet. They make sure they get enough protein, enough B vitamins, but then you meet people and they're like, I did this diet for three years and then I was so sick. Yeah. I'm not going to tell someone what to do. I'm just going to say as a health coach, well, try, let's try. Elimination diets seem really hard that um, you take everything out that you think could be impossible. Do you also recommend those sometimes for people whose guts are really, really screwed up? Well, I think that in this day of internet, we're really learning from doctors on the internet. Like it's a different world. This elimination diet is pretty well known Mm -hmm. and it helps us to take out the things that I've been talking about. I mean, it's hard, but it actually tells a big story. So like if I take out all the things I talked about, the gluten, the alcohol, Mm -hmm. um, some people have soy and egg allergies. If I take out some of the meat that might, maybe I've been eating a lot of meat and it's not good for me. I don't know. We try, you know, so you take a bunch of things out 
And then you wait 21 days. You eat just, you go back to the basics. You eat a lot of vegetables and a lot of these ancient grains and fruits, healthy fruits. And you just go back to that. And then after 21 days, you start adding in everything one time per week and see what's how it's making you feel you experience it that's the yeah, thing yeah you have to feel yeah it's like that wisdom that we talk about you know when you are truly in touch with both your spirit and your energy and your body form the bodies that we're in right now anyway yes. if you're actually listening after you have a meal you can pretty much tell what's good for you and what's not right totally. with alcohol yeah. you can tell the next morning if it's oh, good for you or not <laughs> definitely. Definitely. and you know a little bit of everything is okay i mean i have an irish background so a glass of red wine you know it's yeah. okay and it's more yeah. when it's abused like it's the abuse of everything i we teach in our course 80 20 which means mm-hmm. of the time you try to stick to something that feels right for you Mm -hmm. and it should be altered from season to season. Like you should be eating fresh food. So you want to buy from your local farmers and, you know, eat stuff that's fresh. And then that's going to be different in April than it is in February. Right. Right. So use your best judgment on this. I do want to to have you give people some tips about how they could get started on their own if they can't pay for a functional medicine doctor. Okay. So I have mentioned already to look at the greens, right? Yeah. If you have a person near you that can look um, with one of these new machines at your bio individual needs, what you should eat yeah. and what you shouldn't, that's also very good. Um, to add in some fermented foods could be very helpful, mm-hmm. um, but you have to be careful because if you add some in and you're not able to digest that, you can also, that can also see, that's what I mean. It's all bio individual, but you could yeah. try some things like sauerkraut or pickled cucumbers, kimchi, yogurt, all these kind of fermented foods. They already have bacteria in them. Remember yeah. we said the processed food doesn't right. well, they have a high amount yeah. You need maybe supplement with some probiotics. Yeah. I think that's a really good um, basic roundup, you know, for people. Those are all quite simple things that you can do. Yes. And then uh, just lastly, how do you feel about these people that are doing these long fasts? You know, they're not eating until lunch, having a, an early dinner and then nodding into lunch the next day. Like, like intermittent. Yeah. Yeah, I think it can be quite helpful as we age because what happens to us in our gut, as our gut is getting older, it gets slower, we lose our digestive, you know, our, for instance, our enzymes are not as strong as when we yeah. were young. There are certain things that are for sure that maybe we could add in. As we get older, this, this gut is slowing down and, mm-hmm. you know, we really have to watch what we're eating and also eat less. You know, we are eating a lot compared to our yeah. think about the ancestors. They like yeah. have to go fight for their food. Like they, yeah, they would right. eat and then they would eat and then they would be doing everything, working so hard to get yeah. the next. And here we have food all day long. Yeah. So it's not a bad thing to give yourself some time in between to digest, to what we yeah. call rest and digest. The more time you leave between time you ate the night before and the day the next day the more that whole meal is digested all that food 
And then the body can do something amazing. The body can go and start cleaning up the toxins. So isn't that incredible? Yeah. So we kind of say if, if you're older, maybe when you're young, it's not so good. But let's say you're older and you you sit a lot. You're not in a very active job, you know, yeah. then it's not a bad idea, Sheila. Okay. And water, 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 yes, water, 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 water. <laughs> Wonderful. Kathleen, I enjoy my time with you so much. Thank you again for joining well, our team. And I know this is probably going to be one of our most popular episodes because I get asked about it every single day. Wonderful. Thanks again. If you want to find out more about a wellness revolution um, and Kathleen's work, please log on. It's such an extraordinary program and I just feel so completely supported by both the coaches and the process. It's been truly, truly remarkable. Thanks, Kathleen.